Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Thanks for listening to Creative Control. Uh, while I have you here, please consider supporting Youth Empowerment and Support Services, otherwise known as YES. Based in Edmonton, Alberta, YES provides immediate and low-barrier overnight and day shelter, temporary supportive housing, and individualized wraparound supports for young people aged 15 to 24. They work collaboratively within a network of care focused on the prevention of youth homelessness by providing youth with the necessary supports to stabilize their housing, improve their well-being, build life skills, connect with community, and avoid re-entry into homelessness. Learn more about how to donate or otherwise support YES by visiting YESS.org. Hey, my name's Adam from Toronto, Ontario. And I subscribe to the Creative Control Patreon because I feel that uh, at the end of the day, uh, there are very few people in the industry who are able to consistently get the kind of quality interviews out of very diverse subjects of many creative stripes and disciplines, as Vish does pretty well on every episode of the podcast. It's a no-brainer to me that I want to support this when you factor that in to uh, all of the bonus content you get on Patreon and you know, it's a listener-supported podcast, so uh, I want to keep the uh, great content coming. So that's why you should also support Creative Control on Patreon. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash Control today. Pemberton is a musician, writer, broadcaster, journalist, and producer based in Toronto, Ontario. Originally from Edmonton, Alberta, Pemberton is internationally known as Cadence Weapon, one of the world's most innovative and ahead-of-his-time hip-hop artists. His new album is a brilliant one called Parallel World, which is out April 30th, 2021, via Entertainment One, and boasts production and feature assists from the likes of Backwash, Fat Tony, Manga St. Hilaire, Jacques Green, Danny Phantom, and Koreatown Acid, among others. Rolly and I connected recently to discuss pandemic life in Toronto and his new connection to Guelph, 
the contemporary themes and historical echoes on the politically charged parallel world, the downsides of predicting the future and taking some actual artistic risks, insights about his recent collaborators, writing a book, other future plans, and much more. A part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners like you who follow and subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash creative control with additional support from Blackbird Music, a well-stocked record store with locations in Edmonton and Calgary and friendly staff who will happily help you source special orders for hard-to-find titles, which you can learn more about at blackbird.ca and Massey Hall's concert film series, live at MasseyHall.com, where you can stream dozens of 30-minute films for free, including performances by past podcast guests like Shad, plus in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton. This is the 610th episode of Creative Control, featuring the lovely and talented Roly Pemberton, a.k.a. Cadence Weapon, with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Get on your fault to the critics. Hit the asshole, dance off, I'm a menace. I'm not afraid to be who I am, you know. I always tell people, be yourself. That's the number one shit I tell people. I don't follow anybody else. I never did. Idiosyncratic and iconoclastic. I am me, motherfucker. Be you. Sinner, 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 sinner. Hey, Rolly, how's it going? It's going well. How are you doing, Vish? I'm well. It's nice to have you back on the show. And uh, I, as you may know, I always begin by asking people where they are. So the tradition continues. Rolly, where in the world are you today? I'm in Toronto. I'm at home. Nice. How are things? How are things at home in Toronto as we're speaking today? Well, I said that like that because that's the only place I can be these days. <laughs> You're not at the CN Tower. You're not uh, in the Sky Dome <laughs> anticipating some event to start, like a game, a Blue Jays game. No, you're at home. Not at Ripley's Aquarium. <laughs> Just trying to think of all the touristy things that are... I kind of miss Toronto sometimes, I must admit. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Having lived in Guelph adjacent to it, I liked going in and then... I always liked leaving uh, as well, <laughs> like just having the luxury. Do you ever... I know you're really cooped in right now, but do you ever... I know, you've lived in a few different cities now in Canada. Are you still mm-hmm. loving Toronto, so to speak? I feel like I've kind of forgotten a lot of the things that I really like about Toronto and, you know, in the past year. But um, I still think it's pretty vibey. I feel like it's, you know, when it's when it's at its best, when it's like really popping, when there's a lot of energy, it's a great city. Yeah. You well, know, right now, I have no idea. Right. Uh, have you been almost completely locked down? this past year or have you ventured out into the world beyond Toronto or anywhere? Like, have you gone anywhere really? And since uh, let's say March of 2020, the only place that really I've gone is when, um, you know, uh, there was no lockdown briefly. I would go to the studio and record this album. And then also I would uh, go to Guelph actually and visit my girlfriend's family when it was, uh, safe to go outside and hang outside with them whoa 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 guelph 
that's where I used to live. I didn't know you had <laughs> didn't know you had a connection to Guelph. So you've been I left Guelph and now everyone's moving there or visiting there. Mm-hmm. I've heard this. And I was like, "What? Is it were they like finally that guy and his well, family are gone?" We can well, Let me be specific though. <laughs> I mean, it's partly Fergus, Ontario. Oh, okay, not Guelph. No. Yeah. But and and but also Guelph. Okay. There's two two households in the, in the region. I feel like you have a pretty strong Guelph connection. I mean, I I know it from asking you to come on. My wife and I had the the old college radio show, the Mish Fish Interracial Morning Show, and you, I think for us, we were very thrilled to have an actual in person guest between seven and nine, <laughs> seven and nine in the morning. Like you were in the house, like literally, yeah. And you helped yeah. program the show, and I think it's the first time I'd ever heard Justice. Maybe, it's oh wow, you had like brought. Your own. I asked you to pick songs, and I because I thought of you as someone who would know things I don't, and we don't. We didn't, I guess. And yeah, I think that happened. I it sticks out in my mind of like, oh, Roly, and I think I, when they kind of broke later, I was like, oh, I should just listen to Roly. He knows what's going on, and <laughs> that's usually that's that's usually the way it goes, man. I mean, I'm I'm I'm, I'm uh, the the advertisers really like me and they track me a lot because they want to know what what they need to attach to later. Yes, this is uh, outlined in your uh, one of your brilliant new songs on me. I believe is that the one you're alluding to? <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm suggesting. Yes. Well, I I appreciate your insistence that we start getting down to business and <laughs> talking about your record with a subtle segue. Well, that was really good. I should also I want to <laughs> specify though. Um, you talk about my Guelph connection. I, I'm pretty sure. You are my Guelph connection. Oh, is like, that, is that it's right? Pretty okay. much just you and 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 Noah twenty three <laughs> and Hillside Festival. That's pretty much the extent of my Guelph connection. Right. Um, and I mean, yeah. people like Noah and I would have also said, "Hey, Hillside Festival. You know who would be good to get? Roly, Cadence Weapon." And <laughs> so, yeah, that's fair. I appreciate that. But now, but 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 let's just backtrack a little bit. Now it sounds like you have a whole new. Guelph Fergus connection. So yeah. I do. Yeah. So that's good. My my, par- my partner is. Uh, we always tell people she's from near Guelph. Fergus has its own identity. Like Fergus is actually not a. It's a little quiet, quaint, uh, rural. I guess town. Like it's not very big. It's 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 not considered. I think they get upset if if mm-hmm. if they heard that we they were being described as some sort of Guelph satellite location. <laughs> Like a suburb of Guelph. You know, Guelph is always like, in America, they would call Guelph a suburb of Toronto, even though it's like an yeah, hour, hour oh, and a half right. away or whatever it is. So, uh, what by with traffic. I used to, oh man, I don't miss a, I don't miss some Ontario stuff. Like the Ontario thing for me that I always resonates with me, say I want to go see uh, Cadence Weapon play a show in Toronto. So I leave mm-hmm. at a reasonable hour of the day. Uh, you know, I, I try to avoid the traffic situation it would take mm-hmm. sometimes because of the construction and the infrastructural issues three hours to get mm-hmm. to to your show and then uh, after the show is done you know it'd be late at night i'd be at my door from toronto in like 50 minutes so that it didn't make any sense i mean it was just rush hour and crap but that seemed to happen that didn't happen when i was a kid growing up in ontario is all i'm saying so i do feel like I left. This is maybe just me overcompensating, but I do feel like we left Ontario in a bad place. And there are, uh, you know, and you're talking a lot about Toronto 
on your record, I should say, Parallel World, I feel like there are allusions to how bad Toronto seems to be <laughs> and how bad Ontario seems to be under yeah. its current leadership. Is that yeah. a fair impression to take away from this record? Um, I, I wouldn't say it's like how bad Toronto is. It's about the state of cities in the world today. Like it, I, It's something that I think anybody can relate to what I'm speaking about, but I'm speaking about my specific region, you know, and, and then there, there's some specific Canadian stuff in there. But I think anybody, you know, in New York, especially London, places like this, big cities can relate to what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, specifically, you're talking about Canada when the, the first song on the record, Africville's Revenge. Uh, I don't actually want to put words in your mouth, but you do highlight some geographic locations uh, across Canada uh, that have traditionally been places where uh, black people have settled and have also established themselves and communities. Um, again, I just said I wasn't going to put words in your mouth, and now I'm kind of doing it. Can you talk oh, a little? please do. Well, I'm it's sorry. Fine. Is this is get me started? Well, is this accurate? I'm just curious about the motivation for writing that. It's a really short oh, yeah. kickoff to the record, but it's very impactful. And for those of us who don't know the history, it's probably going to get us googling these places you mentioned and what was going on. So that exactly. is that is kind of my primer. What what do you want to say about that particular song? Well, that was the purpose for me. I wanted to, I think it's emblematic of the rest of the record because I really wanted to do songs that were very dense and had a lot of information in them and had a lot of ideas in them, but they happened to be quite short. Hmm. And I feel like that song, one of the big things I've really been focusing on is, you know, really emphasizing black Canadian history, because I feel like when I was growing up in Edmonton, I didn't know it existed at all. Like I didn't know anything about Amber Valley in Alberta, like even though I've come to find out that I have cousins uh, who are ancestors who live there mm. and I didn't know about Africville, I'd never heard about any of this stuff growing up, you know, and I, I, I used to just think, oh, well, my culture is just in America and it's in Africa, like it's, we didn't really have Canadian culture. So my idea of Africville's Revenge is this totally disenfranchised community of black people near Halifax who, you know, they put the garbage dump by their community. They put everything bad you can think of by their community and essentially just they raise their town. You know, I think it's really crazy that this wasn't a bigger deal mm -hmm. until recently. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like I've, I've seen in, in the news a little bit, you know, there's like a big a highway near there, I guess, like an off ramp that used to be the town. Yeah. And there's a plaque now. But my whole thing is like, I want to talk about this history. So everyone in the world knows about it. Because I don't think people have that vision of Canada, you know, as being a place that does the same thing that America did, you know, with all these different communities where they put, you know, highways through black communities, they displace black communities first, you know, thinking about stuff like Robert Moses in New York and what he did to New York and what he did to the Bronx. And so I just wanted to, you know, carry some parallels uh, with that on that track and also just kind of talking about the importance of maintaining cultural history. Yeah. And I feel like I, I represent that, you know, like that's my role as, as an artist, as, as an oral storyteller is to maintain that cultural history. And so it's like, if I don't rap about it, who will? Right. And it's like, not only can I rap about it and I can do it in a cool way that is, you know, approachable, but it also, it does what the function is like it, it it's now another example of that history. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. it's like I'm adding on to that history. And it's like I talk about little Jamaica later on in the album in Toronto. Yeah. And this is a neighborhood that I've really been passionate about since I've been living in Toronto. And they're going through some transit based gentrification over the past 10 years. That's, you know, closed over 100 businesses where they're building this LRT line. And I've been doing a lot of advocacy around that. And, you know, I feel like another example of this advocacy is just by like rapping about it. I wrote an article in Hazlitt about it. I've done all these interviews about it. And it's like the more that I talk about it, the harder it is for them to get rid of something. Right. That's my rationale. Right. 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 So you're using your platform in various ways. As, as we're speaking, you are a known musical artist. You are a known journalist and writer. You have a newsletter going as well. So you're you're kind of exploring lots and social media, of course. I, I I I mean that's how you kind of spread the word about such things. You are doing your best to use everything at your disposal to discuss these things. I guess is is what you're saying. Absolutely. I feel like the biggest difference for me in my career now is I found a way to tie it all together. Yeah. You know, like uh, I I used to be just doing these things like here and there, kind of piecemeal, where they wouldn't really speak to each other. But now it's like, okay, I stuff that has started off as just being a tweet has expanded into becoming fundraisers, into becoming songs, into becoming articles, into and and it's all tied into the same preservation of Black communities in Canada. You know, and it and, and it seems to be working and resonating with people. So I don't know. It's just like I know music is my main thing, but it, it really makes it more meaningful when there's some kind of real world component to it. You know? Yeah. And I assume you might be inspired by some um, like some of the scholars and writers that have emerged uh, over the past few years in Canada, in Toronto. Desmond Cole comes to mind. Robin Maynard comes to mind. It's uh, Cyrus Marcus Ware comes to mind. Are you aware of some of these people? Are you inspired by what's happening? Because I feel like just by they being outspoken and addressing things, I mean, what you're describing when we were talking about Africville's revenge and Canada's relationship with its own history, uh, which is uh, strained often in terms of uh, black, you know, black history in Canada. I feel like it's a strained, purposefully oblivious acknowledgement of that history. And, oh, that doesn't happen here. Yeah, You know, that's exactly. a, that's an American issue. So I guess back to my question, are you seeing a rise in advocacy, scholarship, if you will, discussions, you know, discourse about these things? Are you aware of this? Does it feel like something's going on in that regard? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it really inspired a lot of my writing and Just over the past few years, you know, like I've been following Desmond Cole really closely ever since I read the uh, the article he did for Toronto Life, The Skin Mm -hmm. I'm In, Mm -hmm. um, which uh, really I think that article single handedly proved to so many people. It's like, yes, there is racism in Canada and it's like undeniable. It's like when someone gets stopped and carted and interrogated by police uh, over 50 times for no reason, like. You know, there there's something systematic at play here, right? Yeah. And it's like seeing seeing someone else talk about their experience, it made me realize it's like, oh my God, like this has happened to me. And as and I tried to like ignore it or something. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. I think the biggest thing just over the pandemic, like last summer, you know, with the George Floyd protests and just everything that came from that, I, I couldn't help but notice how all of these institutions that I thought, you know, were really unassailable we're actually under a really f- flimsy foundation. 
Yeah. You know, like all these really just the, the, the fact that racial inequality, structural inequality, it's so obvious and it, it was put in such stark relief so quickly in the pandemic that it was like, okay, well, everybody notices it now. It's like all this stuff that I've been noticing and thinking about my entire life, all the people start talking to me about, hey, have you ever experienced microaggressions? It's like, yeah, bro, I rapped about it on my last album. Like, <laughs> it, it, you, you know, it's like, but now people have the language and that's partly from writers like Desmond Cole, you know, like Robin Maynard. Yeah, you are uh, often, I think, and I, I, I don't, I feel like it's maybe to your detriment somehow, but I don't think it's a bad thing. Is You're ahead of your time a little bit because you referenced your last album, which is the last time you were on this show to have a long-form conversation. We dug into your last record, which was uh, self-titled, and mm-hmm. I thought rather brilliant. And um, I think we talked about it marking something of a tonal shift for you uh, mm-hmm. in terms of what you wanted to use your platform for as a musician specifically. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to be reductive about this because it does seem to me that parallel world uh, is sort of part of this trajectory of see the reductive part is I don't want to say like you've suddenly became conscious like that's bullshit. But I do think if I think back on your catalog preceding that last record, it was a little more, it was a little again, Again, totally reductive. There's probably a case-by-case analysis that could be completed by someone. I'm not going to do it now uh, in terms mm-hmm. of every single song you've ever written. But it Lay does, it on me, man. Well, I'm just... I, uh, to, to be reductive, but I hope for a helpful reason, it seems to me that your shift in a narrative structure went from like talking about you and your friends and mm-hmm. your experiences to shifting into like, well, what is the, what, are, what are those experiences saying... What do they say about the larger, bigger picture, you know, about the world around us? And I feel Absolutely. like, is that, okay, good. Sorry, I know I was yeah, fumbling you're, there. you're on it. Okay. No, you're on it. Like, yeah. I, I think that's something I've observed just listening to my old records and thinking like, you know, okay, here's an example. You know, I have a song, you know, We Move Away, right? Yeah. And it's like, you know, I'm talking about some of the same themes that are on this album, on my last album, Gentrification, Why Are All My Friends Moving Away From Edmonton, you know? And back then... It was just like Edmonton's a great place. Why would you move away from here? Like it was a, a kind of a more superficial surface level assessment yes. of why people move away. But then now I'm getting to the idea of like, how can I pull the camera further back and make it wider screen, mm. you know, and really get to the root issues behind why these things happen? That's what I really want to talk about. That's what's really exciting to me now is like, and part of this is just, you know, reading more and 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 really being able to parse news more and just being more in touch with the culture and what's going on. Yeah. But I feel like that's that is my like skill. That's like what I can really do is I can synthesize the world around me in a way that I don't really hear in a lot of other music. And it's like I feel like I wasn't using that skill to its full extent previously. Yeah. But I think that's the yeah. That's the big difference now. Yeah, and I'm not trying to insinuate that the music you made when you were younger was like totally navel-gazing or anything like that. Uh, I do feel like bigger picture issues were kind of permeating the work you were doing. And when you're talking about your community of friends and what you're going through, you're feeling that pressure, that big picture pressure. I'm sure of it. But this seems more pointed. Uh, I, I will also say like, Africville's Revenge 
has a musical soundscape that brought me back to Breaking Kayfabe. Um, yeah. And I don't know, was that purposeful in any way? Like just the sound and the tones, the things you've been dogged with. Like what the hell is this guy's production? Yeah. I don't understand it. Is yeah. He, whatever it seems, he seems like some sort of noise artist. What is happening? Was that purposeful to sort of grab our attention again with, because you're talking about Amber Valley, which as you pointed out, uh, you maybe didn't know much about. I think it's only a couple hundred kilometers away from Edmonton, where I am, where, yeah. you're, where you're from. Yeah. So it's close by. I couldn't help but think, like, is this just a way of getting back to your roots, your origins a little bit? Not only talking about that place, but sonically kind of giving it that, <laughs> you know, the, the, the first flavor we had of Cadence Weapon from all those years ago now. Uh, what has yeah, it been, 16 years or something? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, it was in a way it was like reclaiming my legacy because uh, I feel like I was really one of the first people to rap over music like that. And then it's become a lot more commonplace, you know, whether you say like Run the Jewels or like um, Yeezus. Yeah. When that came out, I was just like, are you kidding me? Right. <laughs> but but that happens to me a lot. That's happened to me like several times in my career. So I've kind of gotten over it. But I think the thing is, it's almost like um, I wanted this album as I was making it. I was feeling like, OK, this is like a more refined version of Breaking Kayfabe in a lot of ways. Like really it's like the mature version of it. Just it's it's me at this point. But, you know, it's got the same kind of uh, immediacy and urgency to it. But the music is is different, you know, and, and I'm a different person. But it's like there I definitely see the parallel. In fact, uh, I feel like the cover is similar too. Yeah. If you actually think about it, it, right? it, it is. It's a dist- the original, for those who haven't seen it, the Breaking K Fabe cover was an illustration, but it was an illustration, among other things, of of Rolly's face. Uh but you were kind of in a uh, your your teeth were clenched, I guess. I'm sorry, I'm just uh, off I the was top. like snarling. Snarling. And the new yeah. album is your face uh, almost it seems like a it's blurred out, it's like you're in motion. Uh, I mm-hmm. would say, um, shaking your head or something. And it's, sim- but it's similar, you know, now that you mention it, I can see the corner, I can see the, like the snarl on the left mm-hmm. side of your face. Like I can kind of yeah. see it there, even though it's all distorted. So, okay. So you are saying there is some connection. What I was saying isn't that all, uh, maybe completely far off base. You're seeing some connection between this latest work and, uh, you know, what is ostensibly your debut album. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And I, I feel like another thing about it is this record is the first time I've I've had the ability to lock in like I did on the first album, you know, because I made that record when I was, you know, living in my mom's house in my mom's attic, just making beats, Yeah, you know, and this whole pandemic has felt exactly the same. It feels like I'm just back, you know, in, in a stationary place. I'm not touring. I'm not doing other projects. I'm just totally here. And I've been just sitting, doing research, absorbing the world around me and expressing how I feel about it in the same way, you know? Yeah, so I, yeah. I feel like it's, it's kind of like an upgrade on that. So does parallel world as an umbrella title have multiple meanings then? Because you alluded, you actually use the phrase parallels when talking about uh, Canada's legacy of racism and the mistreatment of black people here. And I think you were comparing it maybe with America, but now you're talking about this, other kind of parallel between your earliest expression and your latest expression is it is it a multi-layered title in that regard it is it is actually it's it's got several different meanings for me i mean um the initial way i was thinking of it was you know during pandemic i'm thinking like man i wish there was like an alternate reality 
where this wasn't happening or something, you know? But then, and it was like this idea of like imagining a better world that's, you know, maybe happening at the same time as ours, you know? Hmm. But then I was also thinking like, you know, that's what music is. It's this parallel world where like, you know, you can live somewhere else in your mind. And I've done that so much with music and I wanted to create that for people, especially in in this specific time. Right. 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 But for me, the primary meaning that I've given it was, is basically how, you know, two people can be living in the same city on the same street, walking down the street and they can experience life completely differently um, depending on their race. You know? Uh, Yeah. I mean, there's a a few songs that I think delve into that. Eye to Eye comes to mind, maybe. Um, Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you are delving into kind of the lived experience of being someone in Toronto uh, and a Toronto that isn't as equitable as some people. I feel like, I don't know, maybe I'm just too close to it. I feel like most of us recognize that Toronto isn't that safe a place to be in, uh, particularly if you're a person of color. Is that resonating more with people or do we still have this denial that it is a multi, you know, cultural oasis, a utopia of multiculturalism and multiracialism or what have you? Is it starting to resonate with people more, do you think, that Toronto has many issues in in this vein? Yeah, I think it is. I think um, inequality highlights conflict and it creates conflict. And I feel like now people are being a bit more mindful about how the press navigates relationships between race and authority in Toronto, you know, and I feel... There's just been so many situations, you know, where where people don't know. This is the other thing is like I really want to emphasize is like we have racism in Canada. You know, I think of like uh, the DeFonte Miller situation, of like yeah. Chantel Krupka, DeAndre Campbell. Like we, we have a bunch of hashtags and names here in Canada, too. Yeah. You know, it's not all hunky dory, you know. So No. Yeah. And um, I think yeah. I hope people who hear this show that I make have been hearing this commentary from people like yourself people like Desmond Cole, others, you know, who talk about their lived experience. Um, So I think it is, I hope, (laughs) and I'm not trying to, you know, I have no beef with Toronto tourism or Canadian tourism, you know, uh, necessarily. But I do think it's worth, uh, definitely worth talking about these things. Yeah, that's the thing is also I want to reiterate, you know, it's like, you know, I may talk about these things. I may be approaching where I live and where I'm from with a critical lens, but it doesn't mean like I hate Canada or something like I, or like I hate Toronto. Like I actually believe in the possibility and the potential of, of these places to be better. That's what, that's what being critical really means. Absolutely. Yeah. Believe in, in an alter, you know, a parallel world where it's better. Well, I don't see why anyone would just gripe about something if they didn't believe it could be better. You know, it's, you're not complaining for the sake of complaining, so to speak. You're pointing out things critically by a critical analysis in hopes that things improve. I, I think that's clear. But to your point, maybe people don't always... I guess that's true. People don't see outspokenness as constructive uh, or, or, you know, its intention as being constructive. It's it's, well, or it's like they don't, you know, people don't really want to read into it long enough to really understand, like, the complexity of the argument. Yes. You know, sometimes it's yeah. like... You know, it, people, when they see this is my political record, that's that's really funny to me. Once I, you know, we've been telling people it's like, this is my most political record I've ever done. And it's like, uh, <laughs> my my American publicist 
George, he'll he'll tell me certain people will pass on the record. They're like, oh yeah, we don't want to really do the political thing. Yeah, that's, you know, <laughs> what? it's I, like we don't we don't really cover the political thing. It's like really, it's like uh, how can you ignore it? That's my thing. Is like it's just like I'm just doing this record. To me, was like I wanted to do something that was really speaking to the times that I'm in. Yeah, and I wanted to be a reflection of the times, and I wanted to really make a time capsule for this very unique time period we're in and i want to just be painfully honest about where we are and where we need to go and i feel like that is not like controversial that's not weird i don't think it's to to think politically is i think really important especially as a person of color it's like they don't want us to this is the thing they want us to ignore the news they want us to ignore politics they they don't want us to engage with this this world because they want us to think it's really boring and lame because Canadian news is kind of boring and lame and it's hard to fo- follow. And uh, so we don't engage. Well, you have uh, you make a point on, I believe it is the song Skyline, uh, where mm-hmm. you're talking about gentrification, I believe, and, and just the basically the destruction of the cultural heart of a town, of a city, of a community. And one of the lines here that's, as you were speaking, I thought of this part of that song walk through town it was looking strange all i saw was weed places they want to keep us sedated they don't want civic engagement and then you go on to talk about what you were alluding to earlier the lrt stations in little jamaica lead to mass displacement condo ads with white faces who's going to gain from the changes these are very important observations and questions it is troubling to me that people would not want to engage with them but I do think you're also touching upon a weird part of music making that has occurred over the last few years is that music journalism is really hurting uh, and on the decline. Like mm-hmm. I can say that, like, you know, I'm getting offered things left and right because I'm willing to actually talk to artists yeah, and try to have what I hope are, what I strive, you know, that I want these to be meaningful conversations and what I'm hearing and seeing is that this kind of stuff isn't happening as much because of budgetary constraints, uh, because of click, you know, website traffic is suggesting that. That's I mean, not- that's it. Yeah, that's it for me. Is is it's just the this is another thing where the internet has really changed the landscape of our lives. You know, I feel like it used to be, you know, artists and these publications would dictate the culture, right? And they would dictate it in a way that was kind of organic. You know, like it's like we really get behind this record. We believe in it and we're going to promote it. Right. Mm. But now it feels like, you know, they they let in the, the mainstream artists too much to the point where it's like they dictate the terms. And it's like whenever Taylor Swift puts out any record or a remix of her record or whatever, it dominates like all the press. Yeah. Right. It's like these big fish. They, they take up so much oxygen. And it's become like, I'm just a music fan too. Like I love music. And my whole thing is I have so much trouble finding new music because they, these the kind of artists that I like get no coverage. They get no press. I have to search. Like I'm like a private detective to like find like <laughs> tunes I like. Yeah. And it didn't used to be like that. Right. And it's like, I don't know. It's just, it's definitely a sign of the times where it's like, I feel like I see the same three artists even whether they have a record out or not, you know, there's this fixation on them and, and I don't know. Yeah. And I just wonder, 
beyond what you're discussing on this record, I guess that's I, I alluded to it because I think you would maybe potentially have a hard time getting attention somehow. Like like you say, it's just for every artist almost like it's just very hard to get people to focus on something and then to also retain interest in something. Because part of what I've been dealing with personally with this show is I might I have such a backlog of episodes now that I can't get them out. And I, I used to pride myself on being very topical and being part of the news cycle with the mm-hmm. everyone else is talking about Cadence Weapon. I better get my episode out right when everyone else just ahead of the record coming out. Mm-hmm. But what's happening is we all do this, and I've tried to stop and stagger things a bit more, if I can. In this particular instance, as people <laughs> are hearing this, your record's out in a couple of days. So let me just say, I'm I'm not, I'm contradicting myself a little bit. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm also going to say, though, is I think, for my part, and I'm just being candid here, I've now looked at it and thought, wouldn't it be nice to be reminded of a record that came out a month ago by someone like yeah. me? Because our, our compulsion is to consume and dispatch. Like, it's out of our minds half the time because there was all this hype and promotion and everyone was covering something. And then, I don't know if I just sound old or not, but I used to listen to one album. When I was a kid and I liked an album, I would listen to it uh, when it came out and I would listen to it for maybe the next two years. And by the by Dude, I would know the I still, I I'm sing, with you. I sing, this, this, I, I don't, but I don't, does this, are we old? Is that still happening to uh, younger we're, kids? We, we, we're, we are old. We're getting older, <laughs> but especially you, but I, I, hey, I hey, feel, come on. Is it the touch of gray? Oh, you know, is it the salt and pepper? It's a, it's a, it's a salt and pepper. When yeah. I start looking like that, you can call me old. <laughs> it's, but it's, it's good for you. You look good. I, I, I'm happy with how I... I don't feel old. Let me just say that. No, no. I feel course. like I'm with it. I try to be with it. But not like you, who are I still maintain. Detrimentally ahead of your time. Uh, <laughs> don't get the credit for, for your no, pioneering ways. And I, I find it frustrating as a fan of yours because I, I like listening to your work because I know what's... Uh, it, every time I'm like, okay, this tells me what's going to be hot and hopping in like two years. I didn't mean to say hopping. No one says that. I am old. Yeah. I'm like, a, I'm from the fifties somehow, but anyway. No, but that's, that's okay. Because here's the thing. When I was growing up, you know, you, you, people don't realize like, listen, man, I'm from Edmonton. Do you think I was getting records when they first came out? Yes. Right. No, no, no you weren't. Of course yeah. not. Yeah. No, we would get rap records like, like months later. I, I would read about an album in the source. Yeah. And then I might encounter this, cd somehow months later months down the line and, I, I, and the internet wasn't didn't exist so i wasn't like oh man like i haven't heard it and it's already gone and it's dated it's like no man if it's good it's always going to be good yeah. and that's kind of the way I, I think about my own music like i know it's you know we're in this you know all these you know the streaming companies they really push us and emphasize like put out as much music as you can pump out as many songs whatever like i don't really want to do that and I feel like I'm trying to prove the world wrong by just making really, you know, thoughtful, substantial music and hoping that like my core audience will believe in what I'm doing and will support it. And that's all I care about. I don't really, you know, it's very annoying. Yes. That time and time again, I'll be a year or two or three ahead of my time or like, yeah. uh, I won't get the credit for, you know, things I've done. Like I've never been nominated for a Juno at all. You know, for instance, that's like, bonkers. But I, I yeah. mean, sorry, it's only bonkers if you 
believe in the Junos and I I don't care for I don't care myself but I also know that as an artist it's meaningful and it's important to my mom well and, and to be in the you game know? as long as you have as one of I don't know like I can't uh, yeah you've always here's my thing you're always in the I'm, top 10 of Canadian MCs and hip-hop artists so to me like always this whole time the whole time you've been out Top five, even. Let me let me reduce the list. I'm going to make the Thanks, list shorter. You. You're always in there, that. and I don't get it. So that's yeah, but that's more that more that incriminates them, the Junos. And I mean, with their bizarre application process, you could actually probably uh, uh, apply to be a best new artist, and you'd be nominated. That's how it's so out of whack that like Caribou, I remember won best new artist like 11 years into his career. <laughs> like how, why are we supposed to place any yeah. credence in this award? Like it makes no, anyway. I mean, yeah. the whole, the whole landscape is very confusing. And it's like, for me, I, I just try and stay focused on the art, you know, and I just, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And if people want to follow, they can, if people like, you know, like it's happened to me and many times where I know directly like an idea comes from something i did and i think that's cool like i'm i used to get really mad about it obviously i have a song you know about not biting my shit or whatever oh yeah that's going back a ways yes you yeah you, you were know? asking people to stop biting your shit on your like, first don't. record <laughs> yeah it's, it's, which is which is that's, uh, bold. that's, that's really that's bold. Me. it's very it's very hip-hop it's very hip-hop i'm i'm I, that was like hyper local I, I was talking about like some people in the neighborhood <laughs> I wasn't you know, thinking it, big yeah, picture. I hear that. It's funny you say this because I, as a longtime hip hop fan, have had my struggles with the how substantive some of the music can be and how topical some of the music can be. Because I think a lot of it, uh, and and this is true of every genre of music, a lot of music and expression, because it's coming from a personal place, it can be about very personal things, and it can be sometimes overwrought. Like I used the term mm-hmm. navel gazing earlier. But one of the yeah. things I always valued about hip hop is I felt like I was getting the real news. I felt like I was getting, you know, a, a perspective that I wasn't getting elsewhere. Is the, is the black CNN. That's what Chuck D said. That's correct. Yeah. So, and I don't mean to maybe over, I don't mean to dwell on that concept or whatever, that phrase of his. But, but yeah, I will say also, I wondered if your tonal shift going back to your last album and into Parallel World, if it was a reaction at all to where hip-hop was at, you know? Like, I mean, a lot of the pop hip-hop is very much uh, not talking about such... Like, it's, <laughs> it's not very socially conscious. It's not the Black um, CNN. It's no. it's like the Black CNN <laughs> business section or something. Well, like, it's very it, much it, about... It, it's, yeah. it's the Black Fox News. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a good way of putting it. Yes, I mean that's a little harsh because I hate. I, yeah, yeah, but it's still. Yeah, it's a little more. It's I, the, it's I said, black, you know, it's the it's the black Buzzfeed. I <laughs> <laughs> I said this to Backwash when Backwash was on the show and Backwash on the record, amazing song, uh, mm. uh, Ghost that we can talk about in a moment. But I said this and I was worried about what I was saying because I do worry that I sound old and out of touch sometimes when I talk about hip hop because. I, what I what I said to Backwash was it seemed to me because at the time I think Lil Wayne, Kanye, uh, a mm-hmm. couple of other people were coming out in support of Donald Trump in some way, right. and I was like, on the one hand, like it seems ridiculous to those of us who love those artists. On the mm-hmm. other hand, who has been more misogynistic? Who has been more materialistic? Who has been <laughs> more? Um, 
rebellious, if you will, uh, yeah. you know, in terms of when I say rebellious, I mean, in just in terms of adhering to social norms and the law, he is really, to me, the avatar for a lot of terrible behavior that I always assumed in pop culture people were kind of glomming on to that sort of persona, knowing it's kayfabe. It's it's yes. it's like a bit, and you're just putting on a persona. Like, I don't think Method Man knows a lot about different methods. That's just his name. <laughs> and so yeah. I, I know there's a little show, there's showmanship, particularly in hip-hop, and and so when you're watching a video uh, and you're like, what the fucking, the Bentleys and the women and the yeah, money, yeah. like, I kind of view it as good. I used to view it as, like, good. I'm glad. because Yeah, yeah. You, no, that's my thing. Yeah. I don't want to be, like, negative to that kind of stuff because, you know, sometimes it's aspirational. Yes. You know, and, and, and sometimes it is a true reflection of their existence. And it's like, you know, when people rap about street stuff, sometimes that's what all they can rap about. And it's like, mm-hmm. I'm never going to begrudge anybody about, you know, where, what their perspective is, you know, cause that's what it makes rap great is it's all these different perspectives. Yes. But, but with the whole Trump thing, like when everybody was like promoting Trump, like it was so obvious is like, you know, they see themselves in him. Well, you know, I mean, like they, who has been rapped about more than him on some level, like going back to the eighties in terms of that aspirational absolutely. aspect, like he presented himself like a, like a Don, uh, mm-hmm. like a Godfather type figure who ruled New York and, you know, birthplace of hip hop if you grew up there if you came up there in new york you always pretty much knew the name donald trump and his name was on everything and the ego run amok and the boldness of that i think there's a good that's a real it's not an undercurrent that's a big part of hip-hop expression uh i think to overcome pain uh trauma is to assert Mm -hmm. yourself and like i matter and i how much do i matter like i I'm better than everyone else. Like that's that bravado. I know where it's coming from on that level. But mm-hmm. anyway, sorry, I'm on a but, tangent but, here. But I, I want to like seize on that, like the whole better than everyone else, like the kind of typical hip hop stance or whatever. Like, yeah, that was something I really was urgently avoiding on this album. Yes, that's what I mean. Yes, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like I didn't want to. Anytime I was writing. And I started going in that direction or like it because here's the thing. It's really fun to rap like that. Um, it's really easy to do it. And it comes to you. It's the That's the first layer of rapping usually. You know, it's like I can come up with some stuff that sounds cool and is about how cool I am. And that's tough. like that is tough and, and tough. Bold. And that's that's yeah. the that's the essence of rap. That, that That's it. Right. Yeah. But um, I really fought super hard to to break through and keep going deeper and keep going deeper and even if it has you know elements of that there's more meaning behind it and there's like maybe a secondary or tertiary meaning to a lot of these songs you know like i really wanted to get to the meaning and get beyond the kind of artifice yeah yeah i mean you're stunting a bit on senna but i also feel like there's like there it's not not there but it also doesn't feel like that's a really your flow on that's ridiculous. Like you're, I don't know. I think that's a showcase song for that kind of moment. Yeah, but, yeah. But think about. But here's the thing. Think about why. There's a why to why I made that song. You know, it's like I I wanted to be. You know, the whole speech that I have. You know, it's like I'm I'm not afraid to be who I am. Yes. Yes. You know, and it's like who else would make a track like this, and who else could rap like this on a track? You know, it's like I'm just like staking my claim yeah. in a way that isn't about being like it's not like really bragging but it's just for me it was like a self-affirmation you know like it's like 
I know I can do this and I just want to show you, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I appreciate that and I appreciate your sort of self-awareness of it's rare. I know, I know you as a thoughtful person and I know that, you know, nuance is important to you. Uh, and I, and I feel that coming through on the record. Uh, I do want to thank you for, thank you for noticing that because that's like my main thing that I, that I find exciting is nuance. Yeah. I feel like we're in a, in a world where, you know, Twitter nuance doesn't work, you know? No, no. no. And there's a lot of expression that is used as like a blunt. It's just, you're, you're, yeah. I like spending time with you and your work because I think about it later and something else occurs to me. And that's what I value in most of the artists I love. It's just like, oh, I didn't even clue into this thing that I thought on its face was this. And now that I think about it, I mean, that's the beauty. That's, of- that's my crusade. <laughs> that's what I feel at, at this point. That's what it feels like. It feels like uh, a way I would describe it is like when I look at, um, you know, uh, New Music Friday on streaming, it's like I'm fighting against like a tidal wave. And I'm like in a dinghy and I'm just, but I'm not going to sink. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, it's overwhelming, you know, but it's like, this was my mission. This is like, I feel like why I'm on this planet is like, I really want to like, I really believe in this mission, this whole idea of like, you know, you can, you don't have to rap about what everybody else raps about. And it's like, you can also, you know, I want people to come away from this album, you know, not just be like, yeah, like the songs. The thing is, this album is like all bangers. Mm-hmm. I think all the tracks sound great, but it's like there's a lot you can take away from it. And I want people to leave these songs with something new. You know, like I want, I want people to be able to like really come away with it and maybe be changed a little bit. Yeah. Know? No, and I, I, I can say personally that that has been the case with my. You know, like I said earlier, when I was a kid, I would listen to songs so many times that to this day I still know the lyrics which is handy when you're singing your kids bedtime songs you know to get them Mm -hmm, to go to sleep mm -hmm. and I'm just like why in the hell do I know all the words to that song I heard in 1986 well I listened to it enough well I mean a I I guess uh not to be a modest I have a decent memory I guess that's part of it but yeah Mm -hmm. I just let those songs uh seep into my brain and if they got to me they got to me and yeah this album Parallel World is young but it's getting to me on that level. So I hope it gets to other people as well. Uh, you alluded to the notion that on your first album, Breaking Kayfabe, you spent a lot of time in your, I think you said your mother's attic, uh, yeah. making beats. This uh, yeah. this record, Parallel World, you have some helpers. Uh, I mm-hmm. hear I hear your, if not your production, I hear your ear for production and ideas. Yeah. But can you talk a little bit? So you've got, I think, some help on the production front. Uh, there are obviously some features here as well. Can you talk a little bit at least about some of the people you collaborated with on Parallel World? And if you can, if you want to, maybe even why you you, you decided to work with who you worked with? Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, it, on my self-titled record, I really started thinking about collaboration differently. You know, like I started realizing is like, it's not like I'm putting less of myself into this record because I didn't make the beat. Hmm. You know, like I started thinking of it as like, okay, it's more of like a, a curatorial experience, you know, it's like, it's still my art show. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah. So with that kind of thing in mind, I started, I'm always looking for the most innovative thing. I'm always looking for the weirdest thing, like anything that I haven't heard before, like that I hear that, that really gets me hype, you know, and I get really excited when I find that. And I'm always kind of keeping tabs on artists, you know, and yeah. it's like for, for 
for instance, like the producer of Africville's Revenge and Hard to Find, uh, Martin Booty Spoon. He's somebody I, I've known for a long time out of Montreal. And it, I feel like he's also a black weirdo, you know, <laughs> and, it, and it's like we got to stick together. You know, so it was like maybe he hasn't done a lot of placements on rap records, but it was just like I can hear it. Yeah. That's the thing is like some of these producers maybe don't really do this kind of music usually, but it's like I can hear it. Like I can hear the whole package and I can see how it'll work. But sometimes I have to like, it, you know, convince people, Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's like the other thing is too, like my ear for beats is very specific and it's like I don't like every kind of beat. And it's like, I only resonate with certain kind of sounds and ideas. So it's like, when I find them, it's like, they're glowing. It's so obvious that I, I need to rap on it. Like the beat for Ghost is by this guy, Danny Phantom. Hmm. And he's kind of more like a mainstream trap producer um, who he's done a lot of beats for G Easy and like, kind of like bigger name artists and stuff. And uh, Wait, just, I went just to this. clarify, the producer of the song Ghost is named Danny Phantom. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just Yeah, that's well that's why. Initially that's uh yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, just yeah. just to clar just clarifying. I just wanted to make sure I heard that correctly. Yeah, yeah. That's that, interesting. That's that's the first line in the song, rolling with a ghost, Danny Phantom. Yes, that's right, but I didn't know I d I didn't catch that. I just heard Phantom. I didn't catch the fact that uh, it was someone's name. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I yeah. got to, okay, that's fascinating. All right, interesting. More, it's more layers, man. I keep going. <laughs> I keep going. And you've got uh, Backwash on, on that song as well. Yes, yes. Yeah. That, that that song is super fun for me. Yeah. Like, okay, so, but I was just explaining just when I was in the session with uh, Danny. Yeah. He was playing me all these beats. And, you know, here's what I tell producers usually, or when I'm when I'm like just in the initial period of making a song, I'll be like, what is the beat that everyone passes on? Like, I want to, uh, that's the one I want. Like, I want to hear that one. I want to hear the, your, the weirdest, the thing that you were excited about. And then you played it for somebody and they were just like, uh, I don't get it. That's what I want. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Well, I mean, that is a very, that sort of resonates with me that that would be your instinct specifically. I get that. Yeah. And, yeah. Because yeah, it's fun. It's, it's like a challenge or something where it's like, there's something like, a novel about it you know but that that particular track is like my first thought was like i gotta get backwash on this record yeah, you know yeah because it was just a slam dunk to me mm -hmm. and uh i was really stoked because uh she was stoked to be a part of it she was like absolutely be an honor and i was like oh shit so it felt like there's a bit of kinship you know like when she won um polaris yeah i was so happy i was so happy because i was like this could have never happened when i first came on the scene you know like it's like the, the, there was not that level of really out there music when it came to rap in Canada. Absolutely. Then, yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's like in, in a weird way, it's like, I feel like maybe I kind of opened the gates for that a little bit, I you think, know, I just from, you did. Yeah. You know, and it's like, I really wanted to kind of like show love, yeah. you know, cause it's like, yeah. I feel like um, in Canadian rap, you know, when I came on the scene, that didn't really happen a lot for me. Yeah. You know, like, it's like, there's always a, the kind of like Toronto, like, Screwface capital kind of thing like people being like oh you're from edmonton like you know where's that i i ran up against a lot of opposition like yeah. automatically you know people were like extremely threatened by me they thought i was weird they didn't like what i was doing yeah and that really that pushed me to like go harder every time and all this but you know the times when people were nice to me like buck 65 or you know people in like the prairies you know like peanuts and corn records and like all those kind of people you know that was like okay so i'm gonna keep doing this uh you know we can do our own thing parallel to what's going on in the mainstream like i don't really i don't need you guys to fuck with me yeah 
you know, I, yeah. I, I'll just do my own thing. Yeah. But it's like, I, I always told myself I would never be like the people who treated me that way. Right. You know? Yeah, so absolutely. Whenever yeah. I see somebody who's like pushing the boundaries, doing something interesting in Canada, I'm like, ding, 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 ding. Let's go. Let's work. <laughs> right. You know, and I don't hesitate. I don't hesitate. So I was like, okay, let's do this. Like, let's make a track. And she crushed it. And in fact, uh, I actually had to go back and re-record my verses. Oh, because because backwash yeah. blew you away, kind of thing. Well, yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And I was, and I was like, I was like, okay, I have to just raise the energy level because it's going to be weird if I don't. <laughs> you know? that, that's not that unusual. I've, Noah twenty three once told me that that he would have to do that when he'd ask like uh, Mocha only or someone to be on a track, and they'd submit something, and then he'd send them what he did. And they'd be like, "Oh, okay. I didn't know you could do that." Uh, I bet, I'm not saying you you said that to Backwash, <laughs> but just this like, uh, yeah. "Okay, I got to step up my game. This is my record. I can't just, you know, yeah." So, I, oh, I love that though. I love that. That's yeah. this is the, the game gamesmanship of rap. Yeah, like, I I really feel like the producers did that for me too. Where it's like, I don't want to be the whack thing about my record. Well, yeah, absolutely. That's I never want to be. <laughs> I never want people to be like, uh, when, "When's the instrumental coming out?" You know, like, uh, I don't want to do that. Bring Fat so Tony like, back. I need more Fat Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can this be just all Tony and you be a feature on your own album? Like, yeah. So I had to come with the heat every time. And but anyway, just back to that whole like production ethos yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. So so it's like I did that basically with all the producers, all the features. It's just like anyone who is like pushing boundaries in their world. I was like, I want you to be a part of this record because that's the language that I want. I speak. And it's like, I realize now it's like, this is like making, making an album in some ways is like making a film or is like making like a mixtape for somebody. It's like, you can have that directorial view of it. And it's like, I've gotten a little better at like letting go. But the thing is, there's so much of my production ideas in these tracks. Like, you know, there's Africville, for instance. Like, I was like, okay, like, let's ex- try and extend this part a little bit longer, you know? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, like, there's, like, a lot of stuff like that. Like, Play No Games. Like, it was, you know, th- there's some stuff that I edited the length or whatever and different parts of it, like, in the sequencing. So it's like, I, I'm in there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, it very much sounds like Cadence Weapon to me, if that makes any sense. Uh, and I think... For those who follow you, it, it it will it will make sense. You know, like this does sound, you know, despite the features and the guest production, this sounds like a Cadence Weapon record, but on a higher, a whole other level, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I love to hear that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's what I mean when I'm like, it's like you know my greatest stuff, but it's like refined. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. And I I think you have a penchant for starkness, even though there's lots going on. Uh, I I do think like sometimes the beats are super straightforward. And like on me sounds almost like, you know, you're describing being tracked <laughs> by everything, by our phones, <laughs> by satellites or what have you, uh, GPS, these sorts of things and branding. But it sounds like a video game almost like I feel like <laughs> yeah. I'm hopping around, you know, I can almost visualize moving around a video game landscape to avoid things. And anyway, it's so, like a chase. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> I, I, not, I, not to storyboard video, uh, you know, music video ideas with you, but, uh, that's mm-hmm. what comes to mind with some of your, your stuff. I feel like it has a sort of visual aspect to it. Like I'm sort of, I can picture your songs a little bit. Does that make sense? I don't know if oh, that makes no, sense. No, no, I want it to be that way. That's yeah. great. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, I, I want to talk about that song a bit too. Cause that, that, that song, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Go it's ahead. like, so that song, I was inspired by a few things. I saw this, 
I think it was on the national on CBC where they were talking about this facial recognition technology Mm -hmm. and how all the programmers were white. So they were mixing up black people with each other and, and charging the wrong people crimes. Right. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my goodness, this is like the totally the extent of how technology can really fuck you over, you know? Uh, and I was like, okay, I got to do a jump off about that. And it was also like, uh, I was reading a lot about uh, Clearview AI. Oh yeah, which, yeah. I, f- I found so so interesting that there's you know this uh, thing that's usually used by law enforcement where they can basically it's a Google for faces, mm. you know, and it's like you can just search. You can be at the coffee shop and you see a girl there, and you can just uh, take a picture of her and then search and find out all her info. That's and it's crazy. Like this, yeah. Yes. And it's all based on your Facebook photos and any, any like web presence you have. And it's like, wow, this is a really dangerous tool. And it's like, we're <laughs> what it like, you know, and it's okay. And you know, I know that sounds like really like paranoid and like, no, I was going to say stress, the, the opposite. Or, I feel like we've been talking about this for the whole time. We've been using social media. Like how much information are we giving these companies? What are we doing with it? Why are we posting all these things about ourselves on here? Someone's going to use this against us. And now what you're describing is exactly that. It doesn't sound paranoid at all. It sounds like it's coming to fruition. Everything we've been told about the whole time. So, Just because you're paranoid. <laughs> yeah, little Kurt. Little Kurt Cobain. Yeah. <laughs> He, he was also not after you. <laughs> he was also onto something and ahead of his time, if I might say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So there's that side of it too, you know, like where, you know, I wanted to really talk about just the the extent of which we are tracked and surveilled, and how the racial dynamics of that. But uh, also musically, it was really important to me to have a track like this because it's it's really like an homage to old school grime music. Yeah. You know, like UK grime, and I managed to get. This guy Manga Saint Hilaire on the track, who he's one, he's like a OG grime artist from England. Who he's in Roll Deep Crew, like oh wow, he's very, very legit artist. So you know, it, it just made me really happy when I linked up with him. I linked up with him through um, Frieza Chin, who um, we like worked together on lots of tracks from my last record. He makes my last album, and uh, they collaborate together a lot. So I was like, yo, yo, do you think I could get Manga on this track? And we, he made it happen. So shout out to him. Nice. Yeah, I feel like everything came together for you on this one. And I imagine it was weird to make a record like this in isolation, but you pulled it off and then some, if I might say. So, Thank you. you know, congrats as always. Like, I, I think really, you know, I'm a fan, obviously. And uh, and I, it's nice to see you just keep pushing us to think and listen to things differently. And Thank you. So for what yeah. it's worth, I value that. And uh, I do uh, want to ask you sort of what's, next if possible i mean yeah uh, hey what's next what's next what's next (laughs) do you know can you possibly anticipate what the future holds for you as you release this record and spread the word about it like we know what you would normally be able to do you can't do some of that stuff right now but what are your plans Mm -hmm. so to speak uh well i think the main thing for me is i'm actually writing a book oh yes that's correct yes that's right how's how's that coming along So that's crazy. Like all pandemic, I was recording an album, writing, recording, conceptualizing this album. And I also signed a book deal with uh, McClellan and Stewart. Mm -hmm. And so I was writing this book at the same time. And so I'm getting pretty close to finishing it. It's called Bedroom Rapper. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, you know, it's a a lot about my career. You know, It's, it's about being, you know, black in Canada, being a rapper in Canada, how I even became a rapper. 
But there's also this aspect of it that's kind of cultural criticism where, you know, I'm talking about just how uh, how rap has changed over the years and just opinions I have about it. You know, my theories about DJing, like it, it's just like a and, you know, Canadian music scene, like, yeah, and different music scenes I've been in, like Edmonton, Montreal, Toronto, like just my experiences and just mm-hmm. some observations. So, yeah. That's going to be coming out next year. I need to finish it soon. As soon as this album comes out, <laughs> I can get back to work. <laughs> so, okay. So do you have a sense of what prompted that level of reflection upon your life and your work at this age? Like you're not, you know, that's sometimes I've talked to some sort of, art, you know, legacy artists, if you will, about when that that idea comes up of a memoir or a, any kind of biographical assessment of their work. I know one person told me like, why I'm still, I'm not done. Like I, that's something you do when you're done. Why would I do that now? And so I, well, you know, yeah, I felt some urgency just cause it's like one, I mean, like, you know, I still remember now, right? Like it's, it's not that far away in my memory. Fair enough. Yeah. And I have a pretty good memory, but I also felt like, you know, it's not just like a memoir. Like if, you know, I can write another book or something after that talks about, other stuff that happens later in my career. Right. But it's like, I feel like I have just lived so many lives already, you know, like, it's like, I feel like I've, I've, I've lived and died like a few different times when it comes to the music industry, you know, yeah, it's that's like, fair. I'm just, yeah. you know, and it's like, I really wanted, you know, especially with the pandemic is like, gave me a lot of time to reflect mm-hmm. and it was just, you know, why not, you know, take inventory of this now, you know, while, while I'm, you know, and it's like, if I don't, who will, you know, and also the other thing was like i wanted to do i wanted to do do this just to kind of just acknowledge just how much things have changed and and what it was like for me and like the struggle i had so people maybe can appreciate it and maybe appreciate why i made the music i made or like why why i was coming from the perspective i was coming from or Hmm. you know like just give context to what i've done you know so yeah. yeah, totally. Again, I'm not questioning it. I guess I questioned it in that I asked you a question, but I, <laughs> I'm not, sec- yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not second guessing <laughs> the 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 virtues of the book. I I can't wait to read it again. It's called Bedroom Rapper, and so, yeah, yeah, well, and and it's also they asked me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, if so you're I was asked, like, what am I going to say? Absolutely. No? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they, they were like, "Do you have any ideas for a book?" I'm like, "Yeah, absolutely, I do." Nice. No, it's that's <laughs> it's awesome. I'm glad you're. You're being productive uh, during a pandemic in particular, because I know so many artists that I've talked to are like, can't do it. The thing we're talking about, I made before the pandemic and I had nothing. I got nothing to talk about. I don't feel like, oh, it, you know, I don't, I don't f- blame anybody because yeah. like I, I that was how I felt initially. Like I was like, wow, I'm not going to do anything yeah. um, for the first time in years. I'm just going to like soak all this in because it's just such a weird time like i want to just kind of be in it yeah and what ended up happening is i ended up getting a bunch of ideas and i ended up writing an album so it kind of backfired yeah (laughs) as it does sometimes with creative people they have to make things or they they, you're called upon to make you said mcclellan stewart asked you to make a book but sometimes i feel like music is that music calls upon you sometimes in a weird way (laughs) to be like you gotta you got something here you better write it down better you know record it document this and uh oh yeah that's the spirits man you know that's that's the ghosts that's the kind of the ghosts i'm talking about they they tell me what to do yeah absolutely okay well the record is called parallel world it's out via e1 i believe yes that's right yes yes now where can people go uh to learn more about you and that record and i guess to keep tabs on your 
book progress as well. Where would you like to send people? Oh, I mean, there's a few places you can hit me on Twitter, um, Instagram. I have a Substack newsletter. I, I, I do all kinds of stuff. I'm, I got a Twitch, you know, where I've been doing like DJing and streaming and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like just, but yeah, if you hit me on Twitter, Instagram, you know, you'll find out what's popping with me. Okay. I'm trying to like, do, with this record too, is like, I really want to add a lot of context to everything. And I want it to be, you know, a big thing for me is like, I want to add a lot of permanence to this. Cause it's like in, on the internet stuff comes up and then it's like when a new rap album comes out, it's like over like oh, yeah. the next day. It goes back to what I was saying earlier, but yes, in rap music in particular, it's always about what's hot. And the minute it's out, it's old news. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. But it's, so it's like, I've been just kind of like building a narrative and building a story around this record that I think gives it a bit more significance for I, people. I hopefully. Would, yeah. I would agree. Uh, based on this conversation alone, I would agree. And uh, no, it's great. Uh, I want to go out on a song from it if possible. And yeah. uh, Roly, can you pick something from parallel world for us to hear right now? Absolutely. Um, I think this time I'm going to say play no games. Okay. Yeah, so um, Plano Games is produced by Koreatown Acid, and she's a really amazing producer here in Toronto who, you know, when I when I see people who, like, kind of remind me of my experience or, like, my music in some way, I can see the, I can see the parallel, but, like, other people can't. It's like she makes kind of, you know, strange techno music with, like, hardware, and, and it's very weird music, but it's like I, I feel the rawness of it. It reminds me of my first record. So I was like, oh, we got to make some tracks, you know, and we did. And it ended up being this song. And I feel like it doesn't really sound like anything else. And that that feeling always makes me really excited. But I feel like there was something specific I wanted to do with this track. I wanted it to really feel like it was contemporaneous and it was just coming directly from my mind. And it's like, I feel like I, I say, I feel like the first verse is me kind of talking about my experience in the music industry is like I came from the future when I was a youth. Now I feel well suited. You could say tailored. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and it's, it's like, it's like, by the way, if you analyze that verse, the rap nerds out there, there's a lot going on. If you like read, read it, like I'm, I'm, do, I'm doing some stuff I've never heard anybody do. Like I was like, came from the future. And when I was a youth, now I feel well suited. You could say tailored and I switch it. Right. Yes. Don't, don't accept failure. Don't expect shit, but my check in the mail. Rock chain mail. I don't need no vest. Might divest if it's disrespect. I invest, watch it gain interest, then I lose interest. Tell me like what's next, what's next, what's next. Right? So it's like um, I love to change the emphasis. I love this was like me just having a word game. That verse is one of my favorite verses on the whole album just on a technical level. And it's like, I kind of return to that theme. Like, I feel, I feel like I've never heard anybody do that. And I thought it was really cool. And also this song, I did the prime minister as well. Yes, so. you do. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, I really appreciate that explanation and a little preview of what we're about to hear. You, you rapped for us and I appreciate that. <laughs> oh man, in, anytime, man. You know, hey, you know, Vish, you know what? I make these albums just so I can do these interviews. <laughs> <laughs> did you know that <laughs> I, did, I did not know that no you mean with me specifically or just with just everyone? you oh come no, on just you get out I'm of serious. town no i, I it's I, like the it, i'm serious though it is one of the highlights of putting out an album it's, it's like okay uh, yo when's the beast interview <laughs> well that's very sweet of you to say really i appreciate it i i really do i always 
have valued your your time and your interest in speaking with me as well. And uh, yeah, I don't want to gush too much more because I'm you can't see it, but my brown face is a little. I'm blushing. I'm blushing a little bit, <laughs> and I think uh, we should hear this song now. So let's uh, let's go for it. This is "Play No Games" by Cadence Weapon from the excellent new record "Parallel World." Rolly, thank you so much again for being on the show and for your time and for your efforts in making the world a better place with your work. It's uh, it's appreciated, and best of luck with everything in the future. Thanks so much. Yeah. Yeah. 5B. Yo. KTA, yeah, we go all day, yeah. From the future, when I was a youth, now I feel well suited. You can say tailors, don't accept failure, don't expect shit for my check in the mail. Rock chain mail, I don't need no vest. Might divest if it's disrespect. I invest, watch you gain interest, and I lose interest. Got me like, what's next? What's next? What's next? Yeah, what's next? Living in the past, now you can't progress, can't process. Feeling like Joel, cause I might just pry down my respect. Need receipts before I reset. OG flex isn't no repress, no regress, no, I won't regress. Don't play no games, don't do recess. Hey, no, I don't play no games. Yeah. Okay. No, I don't play no games. Yeah. Look. Don't project on my project. This ain't a screening, more like a reading. You can get red. Shout out to Cool Man, Tripod Red. You can get judged, just like dread. When the skin's dark, it look like a setup. If the skin's white, he won't go to the feds. Got me upset, got me fed up. But a closed mouth, don't get fed. Those old ways must get shed. Find a new path, you can tread. Have no trust in the ones who've led. Yo. Sometimes don't want to show face, but I know I must face the facts. My prime minister wears blackface, but he don't really want to face blacks. You know I don't play no games. No. <laughs> you know I don't play no games. At all. Yeah. You don't know me like contestants on Big Brother. But Big Brother does know me. Everything is handed as I can reach. Got me like preach. Brand new church. Head in the cloud. Now it just got breached. Way too peak. Got you thinking of worse like a spinal tap. How your brain got leaked. Got leaked. Got leaked. Drafts got leaked. Gotta find an app so you can't delete. All depressed. Got you under the rest. Better lose your life all over a tweet. Feel like Martin on Blue Streak. Too much fame. Make you tweak. Out in the streets. Got you weak. Hope that the cash don't breach the peace. Yeah. No. You know I can't play no games. Yeah, you know we ain't playing no games. Hey, Mm-mm-mm-mm. too much fame make you tweet, 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 tweet. Yeah. Martin on Blue Street. Yeah, you know I don't play no games. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oh, it's always nice to have Rolly Pemberton, Cadence Weapon, back on this show. He comes back. I like when people come back. That's a good sign. It'd be bad if people stopped coming back. That's what I think. Like you, if you stopped coming back to the show, that would be bad. I'm glad you maybe came back, too. Thanks for coming back. And thanks again to Roly for appearing on this, the 610th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available wherever you get your podcasts. If you can't find an episode that you're looking for, you've heard about something and you're Googling it and you can't find it, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my monthly newsletter, please visit vishkana.com. By the way, if, you, if you're Googling for an episode and you can't find it, you should be able to find it if you're Googling for it, and it might lead you very well to vishkana.com. Also, like Creative Control on Facebook if you like, too, if you want to, if you use Facebook still. Or you can follow the show on Twitter, at Vish Creative. Or you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram, at Vishkana, just my name. And I talk about the show, among other things. Sometimes there's photos of me with my family doing things, but whatever. You don't have to look at those if you don't want to. You can just look at the show stuff if you want to. Also, visit patreon.com slash Control to make a flexible monthly donation to keep this podcast going i mean if it wasn't for that what's the point you came back and then you also donated i need both things if possible it's getting a little untoward but anyway i just want to let you know that six dollars or more a month grants you access to exclusive content and if you're interested in receiving a creative control t-shirt please just message me on patreon and i'll get one to you just as soon as is humanly possible but you don't have to donate six dollars a month you can pick whatever amount you want could be a lot more it could be a lot less whatever you can find in your heart to contribute to keep the podcast going is fine by me more information again at patreon.com slash creative control thanks again to the fine alberta record retailer blackbird music which you can learn more about and play special orders at uh, on their website there blackbird.ca bird is spelled with a y like the old band the bird so blackbird.ca also visit live at MasseyHall.com where you can watch beautifully captured concerts by some great Canadian artists. And I'd also like to thank Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton for their in-kind support for this show. Everyone I just mentioned there, uh, I linked to them on the uh, podcast post. So just scroll through the description of the show, and you, if you want, you can just click on those things and be whisked away to their respective Website. Speaking of websites, go to jimguthrie.org to learn more about my friend Jim Guthrie, who loans me a little bit of music for this show, and he's a fantastic artist. And finally, thank you so much for listening to this episode with Cadence Weapon, and I hope you check out his album, Parallel World. Don't sleep on it. It's a great one. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening to this. Thank you for subscribing to the podcast. If you do that, and if you don't, please consider doing so, and maybe... Telling your friends about the show. Maybe they'd like it. Maybe if you like it, they'll like it too. Like If you talk about the creative control with your friends, they might be like, oh yeah, 
podcast. I've, I think everyone's aware of what a podcast is now, but they may not know, and you can tell them about it, and that helps spread the word about it as well. Anyway, I must uh, leave you. I will talk to you very soon, though. Thanks again for being you, and uh, yeah, just take care of yourself. I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.